Section 40 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pam Castile. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 7, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section 40. When it was the seven hundred and fifty-fourth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the queen awoke, she repaired to the Haman bath in the palace, King Badir Basim being with her, and they bathed and were purified, after which she clad him in the finest of raiment, and called for the service of wine. So the waiting women brought the drinking gear, and they drank. Presently the queen arose, and taking Badir Basim by the hand, sat down with him on chairs, and bade bring food, whereof they ate and washed their hands. Then the damsels fetched the drinking-gear and fruits and flowers and confections, and they ceased not to eat and drink, whilst the singing girls sang various airs till the evening. They gave not over eating and drinking and merry-making for a space of forty days, when the queen said to him, O oh, Badir Basim, say me whether is the more pleasant, this place or the shop of thine uncle the grocer? He replied, By Allah, O queen, this is the pleasanter, for my uncle is but a beggarly man who vendeth pot-herbs. She laughed at his words, and the twain lay together in the pleasantest of case till the morning. When King Badir Basim awoke from sleep, and found not Queen Lab by his side, so he said, where in heaven I knew, where can she have gone? And indeed he was troubled at her absence, and perplexed about the case, for she stayed away from him a great while, and did not return. So he donned his dress, and went seeking her, but not finding her, and he said to himself, Haply she is gone to the flower-garden. Thereupon he went out into the garden, and came to a running rill, beside which he saw a white she-bird, and on the stream-bank a tree full of birds of various colours, and he stood and watched the birds without their seeing him, and behold, a black bird flew down upon that white she-bird, and fell to billing her pigeon-fashion, then he leapt on her and trod her three consecutive times, after which the bird changed and became a woman. Badir looked at her, and, lo, it was Queen Lab. So he knew that the black bird was a man transmewed, and that she was enamoured of him, and had transformed herself into a bird, that he might enjoy her, wherefore jealousy got hold upon him, and he was wroth with the queen because of the black bird. Then he returned to his place, and lay down on the carpet-bed, and after an hour or so she came back to him, and fell to kissing him and jesting with him. But being sore incensed against her, he answered her not a word. She saw what was to do with him, and was assured that he had witnessed what befell her when she was a white bird, and was trodden by the black bird, yet she discovered naught to him but concealed what ailed her. When he had done her need, he said to her, O queen, I would have thee give me leave to go to my uncle's shop, for I long after him, and have not seen him these forty days. She replied, Go to him, but tarry not from me, for I cannot brook to be parted from thee, nor can I endure without thee an hour. 
he said, I hear and I obey, and mounting, rode to the shop of the shaykh, the grocer, who welcomed him, and rose to him, and embracing him, said to him, How hast thou fared with yonder idolatrous? He replied, I was well in health and happiness till this last night, and told him what had passed in the garden with the black bird. Now when the old man heard his words, he said, Beware of her, for know that the birds upon the tree were all young men and strangers, whom she loved and enchanted and turned into birds. That black bird thou sawest was one of her mamelukes, whom she loved with exceeding love, till he cast his eyes upon one of her women, wherefore she changed him into a black bird. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the seven hundred and fifty-fifth night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Badir Basim acquainted the old grocer with all the doings of Queen Lab, and what he had seen of her proceedings, the shaykh gave him to know that all the birds upon the tree were young men and strangers whom she had enchanted, and that the black bird was one of her mamelukes whom she had transmewed, and, continued the shaykh, when as she lusteth after him she transformeth herself into a she-bird that he may enjoy her for she still loveth him with passionate love when she found that thou knewest of her case she plotted evil against thee for she loveth thee not wholly but no harm shall betide thee from her so long as i protect thee therefore fear nothing for i am a moslem by name Abdallah, and there is none in my day more magical than I. Yet do I not make use of grammary save upon constraint. Many a time have I put to naught the sorceries of yonder accursed, and delivered folk from her, and I care not for her, because she can do me no hurt, nay, she feareth me with exceeding fear, as do all in the city who, like her, are magicians and serve the fire, not the omnipotent sire. So to-morrow come thou to me, and tell me what she doth with thee, for this very night she will cast about to destroy thee, and I will tell thee how thou shalt do with her, that thou mayest save thyself from her malice. Then King Badir Basim farewelled the shaykh, and returned to the queen, whom he found awaiting him. When she saw him, she rose, and seating him, and welcoming him, brought him meat and drink, and the two ate till they had enough, and washed their hands. After which she called for wine, and they drank till the night was well nigh half spent, when she plied him with cup after cup, till he was drunken, and lost sense and wit. When she saw him thus, she said to him, I conjure thee by Allah, and by whatso thou worshippest, if I ask thee a question, wilt thou inform me rightly, and answer me truly? And he, being drunken, answered, Yes, O my lady, quoth she, O my lord, and light of mine eyes, when thou awokest last night, and foundest me not, thou soughtest me, till thou sawest me in the garden under the guise of a white she-bird, and also thou sawest the blackbird leap on me and tread me. Now I will tell the truth of this matter. That blackbird was one of my mamelukes, whom I loved with exceeding love. But one day he cast his eyes upon a certain of my slave-girls, wherefore jealousy got hold upon me and i transformed him by my spells into a blackbird and her i slew 
but now I cannot endure without him a single hour, so whenever I lust after him, I change myself into a she-bird and go to him, that he may leap me and enjoy me, even as thou hast seen. Art thou not therefore incensed against me, because of this? Albeit by the virtue of fire and light, shade and heat, I love thee more than ever, and have made thee my portion of the world? He answered, being drunken, thy conjecture of the cause of my rage is correct, and it had no reason other than this. With this she embraced him, and kissed him, and made great show of love to him. Then she lay down to sleep, and he by her side. Presently, about midnight, she rose from the carpet-bed, and King Badir Basim was awake, but he feigned sleep and watched stealthily to see what she would do. She took out of a red bag a something red, which she planted amiddlemost the chamber, and it became a stream, running like the sea. After which she took a handful of barley, and strewing it on the ground, watered it with water from the river, whereupon it became wheat in the ear, and she gathered it and ground it into flour. Then she set it aside, and returning to bed, lay down by Badir Basim till morning, when he arose and washed his face, and asked her leave to visit the shite his uncle. She gave him permission, and he repaired to Abdallah, and told him what had passed. The old man laughed and said, by Allah, this miscreant which plotteth mischief against thee, but reck thou not of her ever. Then he gave him a pound of parched corn, and said to him, Take this with thee, and know that, when she seeth it, she will ask thee, What is this, and what wilt thou do with it? Do thou answer, Abundance of good things is good, and eat of it. Then will she bring forth to thee parched grain of her own, and say to thee, Eat of this sawick, and do thou feign to her that thou eatest thereof, but eat of this instead, and beware, and have a care, lest thou eat of hers even a grain, for an thou eat so much as a grain thereof, her spells will have power over thee, and she will enchant thee, and say to thee, Leave this form of a man, whereupon thou wilt quit thine own shape for what shape she will. But an thou eat not thereof, her enchantments will be null and void, and no harm will betide thee therefrom. Whereat she will be shamed with shame exceeding, and say to thee, I did but jest with thee. Then she will make a show of love and fondness to thee. But this will all be but hypocrisy in her and craft. And do thou also make a show of love to her, and say to her, O oh, my lady, and light of mine eyes, eat of this parched barley, and see how delicious it is. And if she eat thereof, though it be but a grain, take water in thy hand, and throw it in her face, saying, Quit this human form, for what form soever thou wilt have her take, then leave her, and come to me, and I will counsel thee what to do. So Badir Basim took leave of him, and returning to the palace, went in to the queen, who said to him, welcome and welcome and good cheer to thee and she rose and kissed him saying thou hast tarried long for me o my lord he replied i have been with my uncle and he gave me to eat of this sawick quoth she we have better than that then she laid his parched sawick in one plate and hers in another and said to him eat of this for tis better than thine so he feigned to eat of it, and when she thought he had done so, she took water in her hand, and sprinkled him therewith, saying, 
quit this form o thou gallows bird thou miserable and take that of a mule one-eyed and foul of favour but he changed not which when she saw she arose and went up to him and kissed him between the eyes saying o oh, my beloved i did but jest with thee bear me no malice because of this quoth he o oh, my lady i bear thee no wit of malice nay i am assured that thou lovest me but eat of this my parched barley so she ate a mouthful of abdallah's sawik but no sooner had it settled in her stomach than she was convulsed and king badir basim took water in his palm and threw it in her face saying quit this human form and take that of a dapple mule no sooner had he spoken than she found herself changed into a she-mule whereupon the tears rolled down her cheeks and she fell to rubbing her muzzle against his feet then he would have bridled her but she would not take the bit so he left her and going to the grocer told him what had passed abdallah brought out for him a bridle and bade him rein her forthwith so he took it to the palace and when she saw him she came up to him and he set the bit in her mouth and mounting her rode forth to find the shaykh but when the old man saw her he rose and said to her almighty allah confound thee o accursed woman then quoth he to badir o my son there is no more tarrying for thee in this city so ride her and fare with her whither thou wilt and beware lest thou commit the bridle to any king badir thanked him and farewelling him fared on three days without ceasing till he drew near another city and there met him an old man grey-headed and comely who said to him whence comest thou o my son badir replied from the city of this witch and the old man said thou art my guest to-night he consented and went with him but by the way behold they met an old woman who wept when she saw the mule and said there is no god but the god verily this mule resembleth my son's she-mule which is dead and my heart acheth for her so allah upon thee o my lord do thou sell her to me he replied by allah o my mother i cannot sell her but she cried allah upon thee do not refuse my request for my son will surely be a dead man except i buy him this mule and she importuned him till he exclaimed i will not sell her save for a thousand dinars saying in himself whence should this old woman get a thousand gold pieces thereupon she brought out from her girdle a purse containing a thousand ducats which when king badir basim saw he said o oh, my mother i did but jest with thee i cannot sell her but the old man looked at him and said o oh, my son in this city none may lie for whoso lieth they put to death so king badir basim lighted down from the mule and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the seven hundred and fifty-sixth night she pursued it hath reached me o auspicious king that when badir basim dismounted from and delivered the mule to the old woman she drew the bit from her mouth and taking water in her hand sprinkled the mule therewith saying o oh, my daughter quit this shape for that form wherein thou wast aforetime upon this she was straightway restored to her original semblance and the two women embraced and kissed each other 
so king badir basim knew that the old woman was queen lab's mother and that he had been tricked and would have fled when lo the old woman whistled a loud whistle and her call was obeyed by an ifrit as he were a great mountain whereat badir was affrighted and stood still then the old woman mounted on the ifrit's back taking her daughter behind her and king badir basim before her and the ifrit flew off with them nor was it a full hour ere they were in the palace of queen lab who sat down on the throne of kingship and said to badir gallows bird that thou art now am i come hither and have attained to that i desired and soon will i show thee how i will do with thee and with yonder old man the grocer how many favours have i shown him yet he cloth me frowardness for thou hast not attained thine end but by means of him then she took water and sprinkled him therewith saying quit the shape wherein thou art for the form of a foul favoured fowl the foulest of all fowls and she set him in a cage and cut off from him meat and drink but one of her women seeing this cruelty took compassion on him and gave him food and water without her knowledge one day the damsel took her mistress at unawares and going forth the palace repaired to the old grocer to whom she told the whole case saying queen lab is minded to make an end of thy brother's son the shaykh thanked her and said there is no help but that i take the city from her and make thee queen thereof in her stead then he whistled a loud whistle and there came forth to him an ifrit with four wings to whom he said take up this damsel and carry her to the city of julnar the sea-born and her mother farashah for they twain are the most powerful magicians on face of earth and he said to the damsel when thou comest thither tell them that king badir basim is queen lab's captive then the ifrit took up his load and flying off with her in a little while set her down upon the terrace roof of queen julnar's palace so she descended and going into the queen kissed the earth and told her what had passed to her son first and last whereupon julnar rose to her and entreated her with honour and thanked her then she let beat the drums in the city and acquainted her lieges and the lords of her realm with the good news that king badir basim was found after which she and her mother farashah and her brother salih assembled all the tribes of the jinn and the troops of the main for the kings of the jinn obeyed them since the taking of king al salmandal presently they all flew up into the air and lighting down on the city of the sorceress sacked the town and the palace and slew all the unbelievers therein in the twinkling of an eye then said julnar to the damsel where is my son and the slave-girl brought her the cage and signing to the bird within cried this is thy son so julnar took him forth from the cage and sprinkled him with water saying quit this shape for the form wherein thou wast aforetime nor had she made an end of her speech ere he shook and became a man as before whereupon his mother seeing him restored to human shape embraced him and he wept with sore weeping on likewise did his uncle salih and his grandmother and the daughters of his uncle and fell to kissing his hands and feet then julnar sent for shaykh abdallah and thanking him for his kind dealing with her son married him to the damsel whom he had dispatched to her with news of him and made him king of the city 
Moreover, she summoned those who survived of the citizens, and they were Muslims, and made them swear fealty to him, and take the oath of loyalty, whereto they replied, hearkening and obedience. Then she and her company farewelled him, and returned to their own capital. The townsfolk came out to meet them, with drums beating, and decorated the place three days, and held high festival, of the greatness of their joy for the return of their king Badir Basim. After this Badir said to his mother, O oh, my mother, naught remains but that I marry, and we be all united. She replied, Right is thy rede, O oh, my son, but wait till we ask who befitteth thee among the daughters of the kings. And his grandmother Farashah and the daughters of both his uncles said, O oh, Badir Basim, we will help thee to win thy wish forthright. Then each of them arose and fared forth, questing in the lands, whilst Julnar sent out her waiting women on the necks of Ifrits, bidding them leave not a city nor a king's palace without noting all the handsome girls that were therein. But when King Badir Basim saw the trouble they were taking in this matter, he said to Julnar, O oh, my mother, leave this thing, for none will content me save Jahara, daughter of King al-Samandal, for that she is indeed a jewel, according to her name. Replied Julnar, I know that which thou seekest, and bade forthright bring al-Samandal the king. As soon as he was present, she sent for Badir Basim, and acquainted him with the king's coming, whereupon he went in to him. Now when al-Samandal was aware of his presence, he rose to him, and saluted him, and bade him welcome, and King Badir Basim demanded of him his daughter Jahara in marriage. Quoth he, She is thine handmaid, and at thy service and disposition, and dispatched some of his suite, bidding them seek her abode, and after telling her that her sire was in the hands of King Badir Basim, to bring her forthright, so they flew up into the air and disappeared, and they returned after a while, with the princess who, as soon as she saw her father, went up to him and threw her arms round his neck. Then looking at her, he said, O oh, my daughter, know that I have given thee in wedlock to this magnanimous sovereign and valiant lion, King Badir Basim, son of Queen Junar the Seaborn, for that he is the goodliest of the folk of his day, and most powerful, and the most exalted of them in degree, and the noblest in rank. He befitteth none but thee, and thou none but him. Answered she, I may not gainsay thee, O my sire, do as thou wilt, for indeed chagrin and despite are at an end, and I am one of his handmaids. So they summoned the Kazi and the witnesses who drew up the marriage contract between King Badir Basim and the Princess Jahara, and the citizens decorated the city and beat the drums of rejoicing, and they released all who were in the jails, whilst the king clothed the widows and orphans, and bestowed robes of honour upon the lords of the realm, and emirs and grandees, and they made bride feast, and held high festival night and morn ten days, at the end of which time they displayed the bride in nine different dresses before King Badir Basim, who bestowed an honourable robe upon King al-Samandal, and sent him back to his country and people and kinsfolk, and they ceased not from living the most delectable of life and the most solaceful of days, eating and drinking and enjoying every luxury, till there came to them the destroyer of delights and the sunderer of societies, and this is the end of their story. May Allah have mercy on them all. Moreover, O auspicious king, a tale is also told anent. 
King Mohammed bin Sabaik and the merchant Hassan. There was once, in days of yore and in ages and times long gone before, a king of the kings of the Persians, by name Muhammad bin Sabaik, who ruled over Khorasan land, and used every year to go on Razia into the countries of the miscreants, in Hind and Sind and China, and the lands of Mewar Anar beyond the Oxus and other regions of the barbarians, and what not else. He was a just king, a valiant and a generous, and loved table-talk and tales and verses and anecdotes and histories and entertaining stories and legends of the ancients. Whoso knew a rare recital and related it to him, in such fashion as to please him, he would bestow on him a sumptuous robe of honour, and clothe him from head to foot, and give him a thousand dinars, and mount him on a horse saddled and bridled, besides other great gifts, and the man would take all this and wend his way. Now it chanced that one day there came an old man before him, and related to him a rare story, which pleased the king, and made him marvel, so he ordered him a magnificent present, amongst other things a thousand dinars of Khorazan and a horse with its housings and trappings. After this the fruit of the king's munificence was blazed abroad in all countries, and there heard of him a man, Hassan the merchant height, who was a generous, open-handed, and learned, a scholar, and an accomplished poet. Now the king had an envious wazir, a multum in parvo of ill, loving no man, rich nor poor, and whoso came before the king, and he gave him aught, he envied him, and said, Verily, this fashion annihilateth wealth, and ruineth the land, and such is the custom of the king. But this was naught save envy and despite in that minister. Presently the king heard talk of Hassan the merchant, and sending for him, said to him, as soon as he came into the presence, O oh, merchant Hassan, this wazir of mine vexeth and thwarteth me concerning the money I give to poets, and boon companions, and story-tellers, and glee-men, and I would have thee tell me a goodly history and a rare story, such as I have never before heard. And it please me, I will give thee lands galore, with their forts, in free tenure, in addition to thy fiefs and untaxed lands, besides which I will put my whole kingdom in thy hands, and make thee my chief wazir. So shalt thou sit on my right hand, and rule my subjects. But an thou bring me not that which I bid thee, I will take all that is thy hand, and banish thee my realm. Replied Hassan, hearkening and obedience to our lord the king. But thy slave beseecheth thee to have patience with him a year. Then will he tell thee a tale, such as thou hast never in thy life heard, neither hath other than thou heard its like, not to say a better than it. Quoth the king, I grant thee a whole year's delay. And he called for a costly robe of honour, wherein he robed Hassan, saying, Keep thy house, and mount not horse, neither go nor come for a year's time, till thou bring me that I seek of thee, and thou bring it, a special favour awaiteth thee, and thou mayst count upon that which I have promised thee. But, and thou bring it not, thou art not of us, nor are we of thee. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 40 Recording by Pam Castile